Ehlers with a quick swing pass. It's Keaton Mitchell at the sideline. Across midfield. It's a foot race. And Keaton Mitchell has gone. And Hooker can't take a sack. Double clutches. Throws. It is caught. Did they get the timeout? Through McCoy. Finn. All kinds of time. Gonna take a shot deep middle. What's going on, everybody? It's Chris Kay and Andrew P. Katz from Burning the Red Shirt Podcast, uh, episode 036, title TBD at this current moment. We'll see what happens. Uh, release of the CFP playoff rankings came out yesterday. And so, of course, I'm going to lead with this, considering Andrew's our resident bulldog. Georgia in at number three in preparation or in lead up to the Georgia-Tennessee game, which you will be in attendance for, correct? So curious your thoughts on that and, and the excitement around uh, being in Athens on Saturday. I assume you did what I do when I'm not part of our triumvirate. Uh, not listen? Exactly, yeah. So you Yeah, didn't, correct. You didn't, you didn't hear me go absolutely go off on Zach and refuse to have any sort of playoff discussion. That, he was trying to make the, the, the pod more populist-friendly, and I, just, I absolutely was not having it. Like, I just I – just, I turned it into an hour long matching conversation instead. I, I actually, I did listen to parts of it. And that was the part that I listened to was like, you guys are running through every map team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, these, these people will just do whatever they need to, to recon the, the results relative to their agenda. As I, I kind of articulated last time. So put they, they know that uh, they can do whatever they want at this point, and then they'll just negotiate the the end to meet their means uh, down yeah. the line. Like so, that's great and all. From a if if we Georgia can use this to motivate ourselves a, a little bit, even by one percent extra, that's awesome. So I'm here for it. Uh, so I'm not at all offended, put off, whatever, by seeing Tennessee number one. Like their their deaths are, and our defense isn't uh, at the level of last year. So it should be an, an amazing game. I will be in Athens. Will I be at the game? It's going to be a kind of a game time decision. We've got the plane book. We've got the Airbnb book. We've got uh, our buddy who is going to be the designated driver because he's all, he's just going to be hopped up on edibles. So obviously he's the one that's driving amongst all of us. Like he's of course, the of course. Yeah, and uh, then we've got the the paid for tailgate spot with the, the like the through the the tailgate guys company right where. They bring they bring the RV with the TVs. We ordered the food to be delivered for breakfast for lunch. It's it's dude, it's phenomenal. It's gonna be incredible. Wow. Yeah, we just, that's way more intense than I thought you were gonna be dealing, which is you gotta do it right, man. I've done it wrong before, myriad times. Uh, like LSU, everyone talks about as being this incredible tailgate spot, and I, I've I've talked about it on the pod in the past how badly we screwed up our LSU trip. Went to New Orleans for a couple nights and, uh, beforehand, so we were so dead by the time we got to LSU. Uh, we were just not able to put in the put in the the work that we needed to, and then didn't plan anything. Just kind of showed up on campus, didn't know what to do in terms of tailgating, didn't have anything booked outside of a. All we had booked was a ticket to the game on in the quote unquote first row where you can't see above the players. Uh, so it was a, just an atrocious experience. Um, but the, yeah, we've learned from our mistakes. We we were young, and now we're we're doing it right, but. We didn't learn enough to the point where we'd actually buy tickets to the game before one of the teams took took down the number one team in the land and ticket prices doubled or tripled. So with fees right now, get in prices in the range of 600 floor for, per ticket. So, I mean, at minimum, I don't think all nine of us who are going are going to end up making it to the game. I probably will. I mean, unless I, I end up just – drinking too much or not enough to like, if I'm not in that, that kind of headspace. Yeah. That, that right headspace where I'm, I'm down to burn money on the ticket. Like I, I, I think I'm going to, but nothing's been purchased at this time as far as the ticket. Yeah. That's pretty steep. Um, LSU, I can understand why you messed that one up. Going to new Orleans beforehand in theory sounded great, but then yeah. you kind of didn't get to experience the reason why you made the trip. Where are all these guys coming? Have you ever told us where these guys come from? Are they all in Jersey with you or are they kind so, of spread out? And that's kind of how this all started. We all have, I think we all have Jersey origins. One buddy's, one of my buddies is coming in from San Diego. Uh, one from Colorado. 
one from Philly, one from Jersey, two, one from Jersey Shore, one from Harlem, one from Jersey City, one from Massachusetts. That might be that might be nine, and then yeah. you got me from JC, Jersey City. So yeah, you're so you're spread out. Ask yeah. me what I'm doing at three thirty on Saturday. What you get? What you got up to? It's gonna be pretty rowdy down the street. We're having a uh, three-year-old girl birthday party. It's gonna be a, a ruckus. Um, it actually starts at three. And I told my wife I will drive separately and see you there at three thirty after those games lock. But she seemed to accept it. Where is Harson gonna be in attendance now that he has nothing else to do? <laughs> I saw some article that he was like. In typical Harson fashion, he made excuses on his way out. I was like, I just don't even care. Like, whatever. Uh, I, I wanted to touch on that because I think that's super interesting. I saw names that really jumped out as, like, very surprising. And I wanted to get your take, maybe go a little back and forth on, like, who would be the best. Um, so he gets uh, – Brian Harson gets fired at Auburn, what, yesterday or the day before, I guess. So, like, maybe games. Tuesday – uh, 21 games, which is, I think, the lowest amount of SEC games in, like, a long time for someone to coach. <laughs> I think even, um, who was the, Chad Morris at Arkansas made it 22 games, which that's telling you something. Yeah. Don't forget how bad those teams were from Arkansas. So now the new names, the names that are coming up is, like, the hot names that people think Auburn's going to grab are Lane Kiffin. And Hugh Freeze, and then of course Dion. I mean, gut. I mean, you saw it, I'm sure, beforehand. What was like your initial take when you saw Lane Kiffin? Because I'll tell you mine in a minute. So I've I've seen. I think where the where the point at which you need to start a discussion, especially when you involve Kiffin, is surrounding like what makes Auburn a better job than what he has right now at Ole Miss. And your our boy uh, Chris Moxley. Was, came out pretty strong that Auburn is like definitively a better job than Ole Miss. And I, I, I don't know. I feel like it, that it, it's very much subjective other, rather than objective variable based on what you want out of a job, what you want out of a life, what a, like, so if the things that you want are very much associated w- with getting to that, peak that upper echelon that top one percent of college football Ole Miss probably doesn't give you the opportunity to get there if everything breaks right Auburn maybe does if that is not your sole goal then why I don't understand why Auburn is a better job than Ole Miss considering the craziness that has transpired there over the last now three head coaching uh uh hires the just the expectations associated with it, the direct competition in state. I don't understand what necessarily makes that a better job than all this. Yeah. I think if you take away the, the winning or like the demand where you have to win a certain amount of games, Ole Miss is definitely better. Right. Uh, because like the, the, what you're required or what's, what's cool. Right. Like at Kentucky, right. Like, yeah, Steve, why would you ever leave? Right. Like awesome. they get jacked up on a wins. So like, who cares? Right. So, you know, and that's another name too. Someone said I saw in an article, but Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops. Really? Yeah, really? I, that doesn't that doesn't excite me. If I'm like, I get yeah. it, right? He took Kentucky to like more, a very relevant situation, but like even then, I'm not thrilled about it. But uh, Kiffin was very surprising to me. I do believe Auburn's a better job, right? Because I think ultimately, every head coach, you know, that's not 65 is in some way kind of an asshole or stubborn or so competitive where no one, no coach is going to come out there. Like Kiffin would never say I'd love a nine win season. You know, like he wants to win the sec. He wants to win the national championship. I don't know if he really cares about, like, I think he could, I think he thinks he can do it at Ole Miss. And theoretically that certainly could happen. Auburn's one of those like fake football schools. I think we've discussed this. Auburn has had like three insane years in the last like what 30 or 40 years. <laughs> like the Bo Jackson years, the Cam Newton years. Uh did they go to the national championship twice and won once in the last yeah. like 15 years? Lost, so like lost, you lost, take lost, away lost, the right? yeah, you take away those years, they haven't really been a football school, right? 
they're not really a basketball school. Well, they're more of a basketball school lately, but not, they're kind of like that in basketball too, but yeah. So it's not like we're talking Bama or LSU or Florida where there's this like giant SEC Florida or uh, sorry, football pedigree. So I don't know if he's going to be swayed by it. You know, I, Jared from C2C has brought up like the booster culture is bad, but like, you know, what gets rid of a booster culture that's bad if you just win games, right? Like (laughs) here's a shocker. So I think, and if you think back to like the 10 years ago, there was no bad booster culture. The culture was bad when Gus and like, we can all agree. You see Bo Nix now, and that proves that Gus was not the right fit. Like he, they just made a bad hire because they made a bad hire. doesn't mean that firing Gus was the wrong move. They just made the wrong hire. (laughs) <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I mean, Bo Nix has already outproduced every single season that he's had in Auburn history. And it's he still has four games left. And he had a, basically, he did nothing against Georgia. And he's still produced more, right? So, like, Gus had to go. They just should have made a better move. But if you had to put any sort of money on it, because I know you're a gambling man, who would, I mean, any thought on who takes it, takes the job? The three you brought up were our boy Dion, Lane, and and Hugh, Hugh Freeze. Which, by the way, I read an article or a snippet that said like sources close to the the contract say that the buyout did increase, but it's not too much for an SEC school to handle. Hugh was so uninteresting to me at this point after he just like I don't know the the way that he has been so un, unwilling to lean into molding Kadon Salter this year. Like it's it's let it's let a lot of the air out of the Hugh Freeze sales in my book. I mean, yes, it's it's I guess it's impressive that he has now has expectations associated with Liberty football and he's turned them into to a winner and he had a nice run with Malik Wills as well. But I don't know. I think that it's just like it it it's not a hire that would that would blow me away. Um I think you're. I think I'm being swayed a little bit by what you were saying regarding Kiffin, and that these guys are, as a result of what it takes to just be a D1 football coach. There's a certain amount of drive associated with that, and that probably correlates to their desire to continue to to move up and not be settled in terms of the quality of their job. So, you you would think that Auburn will throw money at and promises at Lane Kiffin and. At that point, if he's their number one choice, the only question becomes like, all right, does he say yes or no? So that's like he's got to be the the favorite just based on that, right? Like you could, yeah. There's not that. It's not with the other guys. It's like, well, are there other people that maybe are ahead of them in consideration, or uh, are they like? Is there like different criteria to sift through, and whether or not they're like overall a good fit or interesting or whatever? But you got to figure Kiffin's number one. Has to be, yeah. I- I, you know, Dion's the, the hot name that's been thrown around, and he was awesome on game day this past weekend. Like, oh, yeah, he was great. I mean, I think we can all agree there is going to be a spot for him where he excels and, you know, in major college football. He's just too, he's too personable. He's too great of a coach. He connects with kids. You know, you see clips and interviews and stuff like that, and you're like, you know, he's super flashy and crazy, and he had amazing quotes and stuff, but like, he gets it. And he, he definitely like I saw a clip once about like the whole respect of Jackson State's name and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, like, you know, like that's a that's a great coach to play for. But kind of circling back a little bit, it's kind of the the coaches being competitive and assholes in a sense. I played baseball. Any a lot of the guys that were super successful were assholes in some way. They were just so crazy competitive. It's one of those things where it's like, don't meet your don't meet your idol. Because like they're not, they're typically not nice. Have you ever heard yeah. that before? Like, don't ever yeah, meet your idol; you'll be yeah. disappointed. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think a couple of names that popped up were Caldwell. I think it is from Coastal Carolina. I think that's like a Harson 2.0. Like, <laughs> I I think he's a great coach, but like you can't do that at at uh, Auburn. Um, Stoops was another one. It really feels like Boomer Bust where if they don't get Lane, 
or if they don't take the chance on Dion, like I think everybody's going to be underwhelming in terms of um, hires, but we'll see. Uh, how's my action going? What, what's your thoughts on Kent State uh, against, who was it, uh, Ball State? I was part of the droolers that uh, put all my money in the Devontae Walker pot, so I got what I deserve there. But um, that's just it's day one of, of week one for action, so hopefully we bounce back. Yeah, that was unfortunate. I mean, the guy was going to go insane, right? Like, insane. we finally had a poke breakout game. Jason Poke breakout breakout yeah. game. All it, all it took was their two all-world receivers to to go down, right? Yeah, I mean, Schley. I'm not going to lie. I was very upset at Schley last night. I, I, I know about the game at halftime, and like I, I re- so I, I recorded it and then started an hour later later, and then I just started fast forwarding because I'm like, this is awful. This is awful. I can't watch this. Like this is atrocious. He kept sliding, and the first time they gave him the benefit of the doubt and gave him the first down on like a yeah. fourth down. The second time was crunch time, huge play. He easily has it if he just like does the old dive head first roll type thing. And I get it. He's hurt. They probably have told him to yeah. like slide more, which I respect. But like, dude, you can't do that. And he was clearly short, and it was a huge turnover on downs for them. What do you think about? Have you heard this uh, from the underground argument that <clears throat> coaches should not be training? their quarterbacks to slide because one like so there's lots of different reasons. Have you heard this? Like so I one, have, yeah, yeah. You yeah. want to be plusing yourself yards and that's like the least important one. Two, you're the players are still gonna target you and the 15 yards and the ejection is worth it if you knock the quarterback out of the game. And three, it's not actually safer than just like diving forward. Yeah, I think common the typical saying or belief was that slide because you protect yourself. Yeah. But what we've seen is, I swear, this year has seemed to be like... It's you, so bad, dude. You, ampl- you get amplified. The idea is if you slide, you you save yourself health reasons, right? You don't get hit, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, which I can, generally speaking, agree with, right? Because who wants to get hit in the shoulder or whatever? But for some reason this year, everybody is sliding. Everybody's going head first. It's almost like you're lowering your body, and so now your head-to-head is so much easier to do because everybody's – maybe let's say like – the one specifically I remember is that TCU player that that dove head first, maybe on Dylan Gabriel to tackle him. Yeah. It was almost like Gabriel slid, and it was a late hit, and the guy felt awful about it. But because he slid – his, you know, his dive at Gabriel became all of a sudden head on head in so a sense rather second. than at his thigh. Yeah, it's so split second. Like the nature of how quarterbacks slide, right? Their head is where they would otherwise be like where you're normally going to tackle. Right. So if you're just dropping down real quick, like last second, oh, I'm going to slide. Like you're putting yourself just organically in the way of where a person would normally be tackling. So I get the, the argument to me feels a well, it's conspiratorial, so I'm here for it. Uh, but two, like, I, it makes sense to some degree uh, from numerous angles. Uh, so, but you know what? You quarterbacks should not do is. Did you see? Did you see how JRP got hurt? Did you see? I did not. I did not. He's a fucking idiot. Like, so he's like, he's like doing just a regular like Gus called run or whatever. I think either that or a scramble. I didn't even see the beginning of the play. And he's like, he's not even very close to the sticks. And right at the sideline, could just go out of bounds, lowers his helmet and just puts it directly into another guy's helmet. And then like just falls down, gets back up and does the Keelan Stokes of like wobbling. Oh no, he did the old stanky leg. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh. And of course, they're calling Gus is calling him day to day now. But like, he showed up back on the sideline with the concussion glasses and like the sweatshirt and stuff. Like, he's he doesn't know what week it is right now. He doesn't know who the opponent is. Uh, but yeah, that, that's. I mean, that's that's like a what an idiot, right? Like, <laughs> unless it's like fourth quarter end of game type stuff, I don't want my quarterback doing something like that, right? Yeah. Or, you know, like you get in the Mac, right? This like Herbrowski from Western Michigan or like, you know, Jace Bauer, the Central Michigan guy. Like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Hit a dude. I don't care. That's, like, that's, that's kind of that's your game. You're there for. That's why you're in. Yeah. That's why you're valuable is because you do hit people. So 
<laughs> so have you seen shifting gears to a, a later weekday game here? Um, Oregon State is playing at Washington. If I told you one of those teams was ranked, which one would you say it is? Dude, I, I did see this, that uh, Oregon State snap there, like unranked streak since what, 2013 or something. Right? Sh- uh, shocking. I was looking at this and I go, what? How did this happen? Oregon State's ranked 23. Have you seen the weather for this game? Yeah, you, your boy Moxley was talking. Oh, Mox is all over it. He loves Dude, it. I don't understand how – I mean, obviously he doesn't have any kids because there's no way you could spend the amount of time on the, the number of different topics that he does while having – uh, little, little kids. So he's in for a rude awakening if he ever gets to that point in his life. He's going to have to make, do some serious prioritization. I think that uh, assessing the quality of Buffalo's uh, slot cornerback might have to get scrapped for a few years. I uh, think he was searching for a sack prop for someone today. <laughs> I saw that. He, he's <laughs> it's great. Yeah. He's true. I mean, okay. So I don't know if we've, have we talked about this on the pod, how Sicko, the Sicko's committee has kind of Watered down truly what sickos, you know, the whole sickos. I don't know if we, I don't is. know if we've done it on the pod or not, and but uh, I, I'm always here to talk about it. Yeah, so. so let's divert here for a second. So yeah. the whole sickos committee Twitter account is is frowned upon from the. Have Bernie you blocked them or no? I have not blocked them. I just let it fill me with you, with. You gotta get on. You gotta get on my level, dude. You can't let that. No, that's not. I don't think that it's mentally healthy to hate follow people. And I hate I, follow that. I yeah. tried to purge that from my purge that type of content from my Twitter feed, just for from mental health perspective. So this Twitter account, what four months ago was elite. It was posting like D two stuff, FCS stuff, which is awesome, and now it's come to like where uh, these G five games are now qualifying as sicko. And it's like, no, 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 like, this is what we're about, right? Like, give me the Mountain West, you know, give me action. So it's kind of watered down that whole term, that the Gen Sicko term. It's, a, it's So we don't promote common, it here. Yeah, it's lowest common denominator garbage of just, yeah, it's, I, I do have some tr- some trouble articulating exactly what I find problematic with it, but it's like point, effectively put pointing at putting under the same microscopic lens, like like Iowa football and associating it, like all of the group of five with that. And I don't really find that acceptable and I, I find it gross. Yeah. Um, and why it was brought up was if you're gonna, if you're gonna talk mainstream like Moxley does, you gotta go defensive line sack props. Like that is how you <laughs> qualify yourself as a G5 sicko is you talk about the slot corner for about an hour. Like, totally fair game. We are here for that. But if you try to act like Schley or Curtis Rourke is is like some degenerate type thing to be betting on, like we're not here for that. So absolutely not. Um, <laughs> let's let's do a quick recap of uh, last week's games real quick. So Georgia beat Florida. Was there any hesitation or or scaredness there when it went from twenty eight to three to twenty eight twenty? A little. I, I I I turned. I I didn't watch much of the early game, but I did see things happen from twenty from the time period that you, that you mentioned. I, it was more intrigue than anything else. I figured it, it was we were all right, even though uh, like in classical uh, Stetson Bennett form, I think it was questionable how seriously he was kind of taking things, which is fine. I mean, we're still celebrating the the, the championship. I'm told, I'm here for it, um, but. The doubt started to creep a little bit in, into my mind uh, that at minimum, like we might be seeing the game getting a little more interesting than necessarily expected it to. Um, but then the thought also creeped in my head, you know, maybe we take our mulligan now, ticket prices drop 80% and we're all, it's all good. You just went out and you're still in, right? I mean, that's yeah. the thing, right? With the playoffs. So and in Atlanta here, I was like, I never considered Florida's, like even when it made twenty eight twenty, I was like, "Yeah, this ain't happening." But <laughs> if it did happen, it originated at twenty eight to three, I saw. which is like a swear word in this city. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if there were two twenty eight to threes, I would have never ever let my Georgia slash Atlanta fan. I don't care how many championships you win; those two types of collapses do not get ignored. Um, Ohio State 
whooped Penn State, but not really. That game kind of got a – it was very Penn close. State, Penn State was favored on the live line deep into the third quarter, I believe. Because Parker Washington decided to go ham. Yeah. Insane. Tennessee just absolutely smacked Kentucky. Michigan beat Michigan State. Any thoughts on the tunnel? Any thoughts on the tunnel situation? Admittedly, I haven't read every little detail, but it's I, I'm struggling to get to the point that where there's like like what is the argument that there's that Michigan's at like any ball here? It's because the guy skipped into the tunnel. Like literally, <laughs> if you're a Michigan State fan, I apologize. Don't hate me. That's Michigan like 80% of our that, listenership. That, well, in Florida State fans, remember, we got a lot of those randomly. But okay. so He skipped into the tunnel. A lot of Michigan State fans are realistic and realize. I think the way I think about it is like, why would you do that, man? Like, you're asking for trouble. You're not deserving of it. It doesn't walk away anything. Completely wrong to do with what happened. But why would you skip into the tunnel, dude? Like, if you're injured in some fashion, like, just walk and, like, kind of be on the side or wait for them not giving anybody, you know, benefit. The, I'm not saying that they sh- that they're cool with it. It's fine. I'm just saying, have some feel and some common sense, and just wait a minute. But whatever. Anyways, Oregon beat Cal Bonix. I mean, the guy is literally a god. <laughs> it is insane how many touchdowns and fantasy points he's producing. Um, Oklahoma State complete dud against Kansas State. Are they like I hate Oklahoma State and every single time they play at 3:30. Every you single hate, time you hate them because they everybody doesn't know what's going on, right? Braden Johnson's not playing, Jordan Jaden Bray's not playing, Dominic Richardson's not playing, and we don't find out until 327. No, and... they they put out and it's not it's directionally accurate, not always 100% accurate, but they at least put out an inactive sheet which is and it's usually about an hour before game time. And that's better than what you get from like 80% of programs. They have good beat reporting. And there's a little bit of that for sure. But the slate starts at at noon. And it like the thing is, there's nothing being said yeah. about anybody until 2.30, 245, yeah. 3 o'clock. You get like, okay, well, this guy's not even on the trip. Okay, boom. But then you have to do crazy stuff. But whatever. So Gundy's being Gundy. Um I think Spencer Sanders has another year of eligibility. He should. Everyone does. Do you think he comes back? What else is he going to do? I don't know. He's not Canadian, is he? He'd be a great CFL player. <laughs> no, I, yeah, sure. Well, I, I don't know if he has another year. I would assume he does, and I would assume he comes back if that's the case. Like, what else is Gunny going to do? Start his son? It's a, I mean, it doesn't seem – it's one thing to – to uh, with no other reason other than bloodlines, put your son as the backup ahead of the heralded four-star uh, recruit, who's a true freshman. That's one thing, but to uh, start him in the Big Twelve, I think it's a very different thing. <clears throat> that, like, I am. I'm such a Gundy supporter, but and I, I feel bad that, uh, like, they. He's. I think he's done largely a good job of keeping things together as they've navigated a pretty tough set of injuries throughout the season. It all just kind of fell apart this past week. Yeah. This was like a culmination of what was, Yeah, it was just bound to happen. Kind of like TCU in a sense, like it's bound to happen. It's coming. We just don't know when, but it's happening. Other people um, have picked up on the dice collapse, by the way. Have you seen the stats going around about September, October dikes versus yeah. November dikes? Yeah. So, it's funny. Uh, let's see here. I was hoping you would talk about Gundy's kid as a quarterback. I have him on a dynasty roster. I have the other kid, I think. Wrangle or whatever his name is. Garrett Wrangle. That I mean, he's got a year. Of, I confirmed. He does have a year of eligibility. Nice. Uh, he'll be back. He'll be back. Uh, I thought this USC game was interesting. I mean, I got completely screwed over by it because Mario Williams didn't. Like, Jordan Addison didn't play, which yeah. we found out in time, which was great. And then I had a ton of Mario Williams because why would you not in that yeah. scenario? Yeah. And then he just does not play. This is the world we live in. Yeah. So that was great. I, dude, I actually I added Taj Washington in a league right before kick because I was like, oh, he's gonna, like, he's gonna fill the Addison role. And then I I put him in one DFS. My DFS lineups. 
that was like the coolest night slate ever. I just it had really no was. idea. I had no idea how to actually play it because there were too many good options. And even though like I like I I got Taj Washington into one lineup, and then I had like another thirty with Mario Williams. Uh, so none of that was overall helpful. Uh, but yeah, the coolest night slate ever. I think I I lost like. 80 90 percent of my buy-in just because i don't know it was like there was too much it was candy. so high scoring yeah too much candy to pick from and i don't know i didn't hit the nuts i guess didn't hit the nuts i mean they had usc had a bunch of guys go crazy uh unc had a bunch of guys go crazy in that pit game you know izzy abanaconda had a huge game Richard um, Reese. what's that richard reese Richard Reese had a big, I mean, it was an insane slate of games. Uh, so yeah, it was, it almost felt like, man, we crushed this. Like all these guys went, you, you got fire everywhere, right? And yeah. like the DraftKings. And then you're like, oh, I'm in like the bottom 50%. <laughs> just because <laughs> everything was just, was that crazy. But uh, let's see here. I guess let's talk real quickly on JRP. I mean, JRP has got to be out, right? Plumley, we mentioned earlier, yeah, he had a concussion. Is there any shot Mikey Keene like plays? Is is this a Mikey Keene audition so he can say he can send the video to wherever he transfers? So I heard the comp that similar to us Crater Truthers wanting Crater at Ben at Cincinnati. There's a similar sentiment at UCF of, of people wanting Mikey Keene to get time and supplant JRP. But it, it doesn't feel at all apples to apples to me. But admittedly, like JRP has had some awful games, right? He did nothing against Georgia Tech, the ECU disaster. Did you do you believe that rumor? Did you see this that uh, that uh, Heisey was tweeting that? Yeah. Like, did you see this? Do you yes. think that's real? So the rumor is that a UCF graduate assistant got fired. And he leaked the playbook to an ECU assistant, correct? Yeah, that's a. I don't. I mean, it's possible. I mean, Gus's playbook isn't that crazy. Let's yeah, be real here, okay? It's, it's run, like run JRP or throw to one of the alien receivers. Yeah, it's speed sweeps and uh, dives with Bowser, dives with JRP. Like, how crazy <laughs> does it get? Do you think it happened? No, uh, but yeah, but getting back to the idea of Keen, so JRP has had some bit bad games, but I think it's interesting. And Keen did play well in the second half, right? Just scan- I, I, I didn't really watch much of that game, but just counting the box score, like led them to victory. I don't know. If, I find it very difficult to believe that Gus is going to kick JRP to the curve, curve for someone that's like, a traditional pocket passer. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a this is like a audition for Keen, and honestly, good for him. You know, it yeah. works out well. It works out well for everybody. He gets a start. Hopefully, they win. And, and then uh, I would be I would be super interested in seeing Keen in like a G five sem, semi air raid because he's looked competent as a passer from day one when he was thrust into start as a true freshman for Gabriel last year. That dude is. That definitively has nerves of steel, solid acumen as a QB, like kind of on the smallest side, right? Maybe not the biggest arm, but right. Like I, like I, I was gonna say I could see him at the G five level. He's already at the G five level, right? But um, like in a in a different system, like let's throw him. In. I don't consider UCF as. I mean, I, I, they're going to the Big Twelve, but right. even then, like I think there's the the typical Power Five. Power and six, I think dude. Power. <laughs> Let's power five. And then I think there's like five or six programs that I don't I don't consider as G five as the others, like a Boise yeah. State, a Cincinnati, a UCF, a Houston, maybe. I think all the ones right that are going to yeah. the Big Twelve essentially. But yeah, so yeah, I think Keen will be I think that's a good point. I think Keen I don't know. I think Keen could go somewhere even P five, power five and, and be successful pending, right? Like he's not going to He's not supplanting Carson Beck next year at Georgia and being successful, but you know, why not like Kentucky or something that could, that could potentially work. If Will Levis can do it, then why can't Mikey Keen? Um, we have the rare weekend ahead of us that 
to me as a as a casual view, let's say a casual viewer is looking at the schedule, there is literally two games worth watching, maybe three on Saturday. I was gonna try and if we didn't go to Tennessee, Georgia, I was probably gonna try and push us to TCU, Texas Tech. That would have been fun to go to, I think, in in Fort Worth. So yeah, I was gonna say if it's at Texas Tech, that's not worth it. That's probably way too much work to figure that one out. Yeah, that game, that game could be super fun. I, I every year I try and stack this game, and every year it just, it's a letdown. But why wouldn't it be like a fifty-five, forty-five type game? Yeah, and they they kind of mentioned I like this a little bit. Xavier White, they're they're talking about Xavier White and Miles Price being on the field at the same time. Previous weeks previous games it was well Xavier White only plays when Miles Price is not playing. They should be on the field at the same time. That their their standard formation is two slot receivers. So well they've effed around a little bit and they throw in Baylor Cup and Mason Tharp. They oh, have like yeah, this yeah, infatuation yeah. for with a six eight. This whole you know I I understand in the offseason we can only predict what we can predict, right? and we can hope to project it correctly. But, like, we thought Western Kentucky would continue doing what they're doing. They are a different offense. Like, what's his name? Austin Reed runs the football a lot. (laughs) Okay? So, that is interesting. And then that same ties, Texas Tech, you know, they're not the Western Kentucky offense either, right? Sure, they throw it a bunch, but they're rocking a tight end and running it a bunch with multiple backs. So might be something worth like not over, you know, overdoing in the future. Cause ridiculous. But speaking of Texas tech did was, I was thinking about this last night when I was trying to fall asleep. Yep. This is what I think about. Uh, and this gets a little creepy in a sense. I guess did Jared draft the rain Morton in Tyler Shuck or Tyler Shuck and Donovan Smith in his, drafts that we were in in the offseason he he would he would um he would pick them together and handcuff himself but what was the quarterback he wasn't taking i don't remember this is what i think about at night i'll have to look back at results generally speaking i feel like by the back half of draft season donovan smith was largely going undrafted yeah yeah i think i think it was morton was the second guy yeah sounds but right was, the three games I'm really thinking of are Tennessee, Georgia, obviously. Bama, LSU could be really fun. Yeah, I think fun. at LSU is awesome. At night's awesome. Sure. Jane Daniels just become a wrecking ball of a quarterback, which has been very awesome to see. Um, and then I think like Clemson at Notre Dame is interesting because at Notre Dame, I don't think there's like a – I've been to a game at Notre Dame. It's not a feisty crowd, but it's a fun game. Um, and I think Clemson's overrated. Like – Syracuse, the the referees threw that game for Syracuse or for Clemson against Syracuse, right? Like all those late hits and stuff like that, like was complete BS, right? I didn't catch the game, but it sounds right. I mean, they're frauds. So the problem is, I just don't know if they play enough good teams to like, yeah, for us to you know for them to actually lose. They had the there's a whole DJU versus Cade Klubnik thing. Any quite you know any thoughts or anything on like which one you think actually starts? Dabo said after the game, oh, pretty DJU much. DJU is definitely starting. Yeah, he said that Dabo or DJU was his guy. Yeah. So I don't know. DJ, DJU looks so bad against Syracuse, but it's well, but um, what did you think of Wake and Louisville last week? Uh, I hate that. Look. It's, to a certain extent, Sam Hartman and his running backs need to just get a room. Okay. Like some of those plays, like Hartman was almost over the line of scrimmage holding onto the football with the running back. Was the mesh thing what is that what caused the eight turnovers? Oh, no. I think Louisville's defense is a little bit better than we expected. Yeah. I'm in I'm in desperation mode to to make my play like, playoffs in my home league after starting off like five and now I just Stop! Like, yeah, I got complacent in some ways, and also just as is, as known to be the case with a lot of my teams, just a downward trend from day one. The teams are steadily getting worse. So, 
I'm now fighting for my life to make playoffs, and I added Louisville uh, defense this week. But this dude, the stats about their defense are insane. It's like three turnovers in like five straight games or something. Um, and then they had eight against Wake this past week. Like that's insane. Yeah, I didn't realize they had that type of streak. Who do they have this week? Uh, James Madison. I, I so I have all these plans in my head about. Oh, okay. So um, I'll play the Louisville defense if the if Santeo is not playing, and I, I I can triangulate the, the USC receivers of Taj Washington, Mario Williams, Jordan Addison. I have all of them, and uh, Braden Johnson. Maybe I'll play him. JSN's probably not playing. But then I'm also thinking I'm going to be blacked out by like 10 a.m. at the UGA game, and I'm not going to be able to do any of this. I already bought, bought two portable chargers for my phone that I plan on charging in advance, but none of this is actually – like I'm not going to be able to actually manage any of this stuff. In real yeah, time. that game is at 7.30. Yeah, it's so not going to happen. Better, yeah. I do think, though, if uh, Santeo's out, that's a surefire pick. Yeah, it, dude, it's free money for like a 40-point defensive outing if he's out. I'm going to say something I thought I would never say in my lifetime. I picked up UConn defense this week. Ooh, I, I, dude, I thought about it as well. I, I, like I, I bid on them and, and picked them up. I think in our league, our original uh, dynasty league, they play UMass. And I believe the total is like 40 and a half. The spread's 15 and a half. So they are projected. UMass is projected to score 12, 13 points. My so. completely unconfirmed, untested um theory though so is it that it's more of a floor play and so umass also comes into play week 12 because i believe they play texas a&m week 12 and i was trying to think about defenses for playoffs as well but umass the problem with them right is they they like never throw so the idea of getting all the turnovers the sacks uh, and the defensive scores that ultimately make a huge fantasy week for a defense i don't know if they're as interesting as for instance like Week 12, New Mexico State against a su- suddenly stout Missouri defense is, I think, a little more potentially interesting when you're st- figuring out fancy playoffs. Like New Mexico State, they're going to try to throw, and it's going to be horrific. It's not going to be good. Yeah. UMass, like, it's like they're, they're just trying to, they're trying to run their quarterbacks, run their running backs, get out of there. Let's go home. Let's not embarrass ourselves. We'll move on. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, there's a certain aspect of I don't care how many points they give up. I really just want guys that are creating turnovers. Yeah. So I can certainly understand that. Um, and UConn's done a little bit of that, right? Three interceptions, one, two, two, one in the last five games. But if the, you know if UMass isn't going to actually throw the football, then I might be in trouble. I like my roster overall, and I just needed I needed something better than what I have. So, did you see the game day Laura's feature on uh, Morrow's house? I did not. So, is it, how, uh, the tie-in was to Halloween. Uh, apparently, Jim Mora, UConn coach, uh, lives in a haunted house with his family right now up in UConn. They, the whole game day feature was about how they brought in paranormal investigators to confirm the presence of spirits residing in it but they're benevolent spirits they're cool coexisting with the more family and there's nothing for them to worry about that was <laughs> that was the conclusion they're cool they're like get like former football players that are just chilling trying to watch extra game tape yeah exactly i didn't think we'd go this route today but what are your thoughts on ghosts you believe in them or you don't my daughter asked me this not that recently, but within the last year, and I thought about it, and I answered yes, and Margaret was just like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> Put your personal opinions aside. We have a daughter here that's going to now be scared of ghosts. <laughs> yeah, I would <laughs> Because you I wanted to say so. yes. Yeah, I like, it, just thinking about it through a prob- probabilistic uh, lens, though, I feel like I can't say 100% no, which makes me makes me want to lean toward yes i would lean yes i mean creepy shit happens right yeah i don't know how else to explain it i'm hoping that the ones that i encounter are the the nice ones that just want to watch extra game tape with me so that'd that'd be nice besides that this week's pretty uh bleak i mean the games are you you have to get a little bit uh creative it's almost like you have, I have this like kind of thermometer or like a gauge of like 
if my wife was at home and she wanted to watch a game, like how hard would it be to convince her to watch this one? Like how quickly does she make fun of me for watching UTEP Texas state? You know, like that's pretty quickly, but I could get like Texas, uh, Kansas state. I mean, at least half time for so, until she says like, like, are we still watching this? Oh, uh, so this is, so let, let me give you my, uh, my perspective here. So last week I have a, I have a game on Saturday night. Like sometimes we'll split up rooms and I'll go into one room to watch game and like let Margaret, uh, the other room just chill and do her thing. But we were, we were uh, chilling, rocking some drinks together. I had uh, college football on and I'm like locked into the game I'm watching on Saturday night. And she's like, Oh, do you have, do you have, what's going on here? Do you have any rooting interest in this game? I'm like, Oh fuck. Now I have to explain to her how, I'm watching this Arizona State game, praying Emory Jones gets into the game so I can cash the under on the uh, on his passing props and like explain like go through all the layers of like why we're watching this game and what we're actually rooting for. Um, and yeah, it, that's it, it, never it, a good route when you have to explain <laughs> why you're rooting for Emory Jones. You have to kind of pivot real quickly and be like, you know, true success story, underdog that went to Florida and was. It was not the greatest, and he they kicked him out. They made him leave, so he went to Arizona and found himself in the desert. You got to kind of – was that the Colorado game? Yeah. My buddy Galen was there. He went to the uh, game? Yeah, he's in, he's located in Colorado, and he had, was able to go. The, the site looks amazing. But, uh, Dude, yeah, it looks like a great place to see a game. Those Midwest schools – or not Midwest, Mountain West schools are awesome, right? Like – the BYU game looked sweet last week. Yeah. You know, you run into like Arizona State, Colorado. Those like that whole uh, mountain time zone looks pretty dope. The new, the new. Uh, so Emory Jones did not get into the game, uh, by the way, which was annoying. Uh, but my dude, have you ever noticed the like all Arizona State quarterbacks wear the white sleeves? It's my favorite look. They how they wear the long sleeves, even if it's like 115 degrees out. They did like, the old Freddie Freeman. I don't want yeah, the Keenan Allen. It's the coolest look. The, the long sleeves, no matter what look. I I admittedly have not watched a lot of Arizona State football this year, but I know that you have you have money on their under, correct? Can't catch that already. We're in good we're in good shape. Yeah. What were the other ones you had? So you, you had money on Air Force and then you cashed out to break even just no like, yeah just exactly there, yeah. Right? and I feel how, like how idiot, that gone? yeah I feel like an idiot cashing on Air Force because they now have three losses I just I would have needed them to get the four but uh, one that I left for dead that is now starting to look interesting is uh, Wake Forest I, I took the under on them when the Hartman came out and they started off so hot but then the Louisville loss and now I need them to lose two of the next four but and they they get. NC State, Syracuse, UNC, and Duke. I think we could find two losses in there. You could easily find two losses there because yeah. UNC looks – I mean, now, now they don't play any defense. They look great. You get a yeah. complete opposite end of the spectrum team in Syracuse the next week. Yeah, I can Duke. get two losses. And two losses NC State with, with MG Morris, MJ Morris at home. That that line got is getting steamed. That It was like wake by three on the road to open. Now it's up to five. But I, that should at least be a game. I think NC State's D is so so sick, and Morris uh, apparently looked really good when he uh, came in last week. Right, he looked so, good. Yeah, yeah, he had some really nice uh, deep balls against my Hokies. Uh, they just don't really have a lot of weapons offensively. Like Jordan Houston's not really a weapon. He's just no. like a good college player. Um, Demi Sumo, I believe he will be back. That'll be interesting. What do you think happens? This is kind of like a JRP Keen question here. Do you, does Leary go pro, and That's if he doesn't, question. he transfers, right? Because they, I, they love MJ Morris, and he's playing well, and he'll have the entire season to finish it out. Dude, it could be anything. Uh, you could give me any outcome there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I think what we see is, and I've had time to think about it, so if you want to maybe chirp in at the end here, I think they give the coaches give him the old wink-wink, you yeah. know, hey, you need to go pro or you need to find – you don't got to go home, but you got to get up out of here. MTV crib style. Yeah. Is that kind of what your vibe is there? I think so. The, Leary just had his first media availability since surgery, I think yesterday or the day before. And he said along the lines of like, hey, I'm just here to support the team, et cetera, et cetera. Like I'm, I'm still all in and whatnot. But like he didn't have the – 
he didn't have the year that all the the lamestream media droolers wanted him to have, right? Where he was going yeah. to be like in the top three, four QB discussion. If he goes pro, it's probably not going to like, what is, what is he going to, what's his draft pick status going to be? Sixth, seventh round, maybe. I mean, so, if Sam Howell goes fifth round, he's going fifth, sixth, seventh round, you know, like, yeah. so interesting thought there in a quick comparison. Cause I know we want to cut this uh, around here in a couple minutes. Is there a shot that Lou Nichols comes back or transfers to NC State like I said he would next year? <laughs> is that possible? He is consistently hurt. He's a Mac running back. He's fairly young. Doing funny ears here. Yeah. Is there a shot he comes back next season? You got to figure, right? And by back, you mean transfers. Or just stays in college, I should say. There's a chance why, he stays why in college, you- right? Why would he want to keep playing for Jim McElwain? Have you like so you've been you've been grinding action more than harder than um, maybe all but a few of us, myself not included. I've not been putting in the requisite time so far. Like you've been listening to like student media podcasts and shit like that. Um, so I listened to, to 15 minutes of the Buffalo coach and I felt like I had to take like a depressant like because he was so fast and talking, my heart started racing, like to go with him. It was dude. I'm hurt. reading quotes by Jim McElwain and just the word for word quotes. Like the guy can barely put together a complete sentence. Me and you are infinitely more articulate than this person. It's like he's been taking 30 carries a game, like his running backs. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why you'd want to play for this guy if you're if you're Lou Nichols. I think you gotta get out the door one way or another. Yeah, Lou Nichols could go pretty much anywhere. Like, I think if he put his name in the portal, he'd get, like, 30 phone calls immediately. Definitely. Uh, so, yeah. Anyways, uh, hope everybody has a great weekend. Any final thoughts, shout-outs, or anything like that before we wrap this bad boy up? No, but I'm I'm excited to kind of recap for our, our uh, nationwide audience how things go next week. Yes. Or go this weekend. There's a lot. Just don't be in a video. Don't go viral for go viral, but please just don't let it be it for negative reasons. Uh, well, I, I am. So I, I've been secretly plotting. I'm thinking about like posting a game day image in the injury chat in the CFF site discord as like, while I'm on, while I'm on a site in Athens. So it's like that, that like, I, I can just blame it on the alcohol, right? Oh yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Cool. That, cool. Well, Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Andrew, enjoy your time in Athens. Make sure you pick up some creature comforts while you're here. Yes. Uh, And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.